Hello and welcome to the Good Comics Podcast. On this week's episode, we talked to Joe Stone about his work and the upcoming Hackney Comic and Zine Fair. Enjoy. Good Comics Podcast. Oh, hang on, we have to yeah. avoid legal snags by telling you that you're being recorded. So, just so remember, I, you're being recorded. I yeah. I feel like this is still awkward. Like, as intros go. Yeah. But you know, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah start starting with some like GDPR chat. That's what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> I, I, I assume on podcasts, like no one edits it afterwards. They just they start recording and that's it. Whatever yeah. anyone says, they, but you can't cut it. You can't change it. Nope. Yeah. No. That's this is it. Editing. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually kind of annoyed that we didn't record the bit that we were just talking. We were just talking about because there was some gold, some gold in there. But when I that when was, I usually was... do podcasts, we just go straight in. We're recording from the off. Okay, well, in that case, hey, Jerry, how's it going? <laughs> oh, hi, hi, how's it going, guys? Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Go straight we're good. into it because I've been guilted by Paddy now. How's it going? Um, I'm very well, thanks. How are, how's everyone? Are you all good? We yeah. yeah. Yeah, so as discussed, Sam is highly caffeinated. Yeah, I've just had a large dinner, so I'm feeling quite sleepy. So we're the yin and yang. I think it is quite important to just to highlight that it is ten past eight in the evening and Sam's highly caffeinated. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of wild guy he is. Maverick. I'm, I'm okay. I am not caffeinated. I am sleep deprived. But I'm not going for the caffeine because it wouldn't work. I'm drinking rooibos tea, which is naturally caffeine free. Ah, that is the one that I thought was pronounced Rui Rui Boo's tea. Rui Boo's. Yeah. 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 I was saying Rui Boo's. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's an Afrikaans word. There you oh, go. Okay. I'm I'm mainly just here to give you guys facts. I feel like I've learned something already, so that's great. I'm go. drinking water, yeah. which is also not caffeinated, but um, that's, that's good. Yeah. You you guys are doing much better. That's very pure of you. <laughs> so wholesome. <laughs> so it's um a couple of weeks until Hackney now. How are you how are you feeling? I'm feeling good about it. Um, I'm I'm very excited. I'm really looking forward to it. It's all kind of like the whole thing sort of bloomed out of proportion from my initial idea of what I wanted to do with it. Um, so in some ways, I'm kind of feeling the pressure of it was meant to be like a few a few people that I know in a small room in a pub, and then I <laughs> accidentally stumbled across a really good venue who were very nice and let me have it uh, for quite a good like discounted rate. Uh, they, they're sponsoring the event. Um, nice. So that's really good. But yeah, also it meant that there was loads of space. So I invited loads of really talented, wonderful people, including yourselves, obviously. Um, so now I'm kind, of, I'm kind of feeling the responsibility of, uh, of that. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Like the, 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 I just had to get people to come through the door which is yeah. the kind of bit of that's the thing you can't really control until the day it's, it's one of those the buzzes seems quite good and everyone seems excited about it but you have no idea how many people are actually going to show up so that's the bit yeah. i'm nervous about but I think, is I think it free entry yeah the, it's, it's entirely free entry so it should be good but it's there's also a, a carnival going on just around the corner on the same day oh, okay. <laughs> in, in hackney which they announced after i'd already announced the dates so it, okay. it's one of those things it will either really help and that we might get a few people in like full carnival costumes showing up to buy comics, um, yeah. or it might just mean it's just lots of very drunk people stumbling in. But ah, whatever. Um, I, I might... think I think that's a good thing actually. I think even if you you get sort of 
a bunch of people who come in not knowing what it is they're drunk and they they sort of ask around and then disappear maybe even if like 10 to 20 percent of those people look at something or maybe even just buy one thing that might open up a whole new world to them and sometimes we've spoken to people at free entry shows exactly yeah we've spoken to people at free entry shows who've just kind of stumbled in and they picked up one of our comics and gone like wow i didn't know that the medium could do this um not that i'm saying that we're like huge innovators but it's like because People, so many people still think of comics as bish bash bosh superheroes. If yeah, they stumble yeah. upon a show like this, then that it, yeah, it could genuinely be life changing for them. So I think that's a really good thing. Well, excellent. Yeah. In that case, it's all good. I mean, I think like the the worst case scenario, if if like nobody comes to the door at all, um, there's still going to be like 42 people or like 42 exhibitors, some of which will have multiple people, um, in a brewery. So we can just have a really big. <laughs> party basically yeah, i think it's the idea have our own yeah. kind of to be fair yeah. we could organize something no. yeah. mm, i think that's quite hard uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's kind of what i've done i guess yeah we'll see yeah. how drunk you'll get but well yeah this this is leading you to be you might walk into that if you if it doesn't go down well you're going to be the guy who couldn't organize the piss up in it's all right we'll just crack out yeah. twister I'm pretty sure they've got a copy already. Um, but if not, I'll bring a spare just in case. Yeah, yeah. So the venues, the venues split across two rooms as well. So there's not not everyone's going to be in the same room. So you might have to get a couple of twister mats on the go, and like it's yeah. like everyone can change places halfway through. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, you can't have people saying, "Oh yeah, we went to Hackney, but we weren't allowed in the room with the twister." <laughs> everyone to feel that would be tough. Yeah. Or it was one room versus the other room, and everyone had to pick a side. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that idea. Although one <laughs> room is bigger than the other one, so it wouldn't be entirely even. There's there's more limbs on one side. <laughs> it's true. It's a well-limbed room. So, um, Jake, could you tell us a little bit about um about your comics and how long you've been making comics and mm, stuff? Yeah, sure. Cause... Sorry, go on. No, okay, I will. Okay, so um, uh, I've been making comics for. It's one of those weird things of kind of all of my life. Um, in terms of, I started I started drawing comics. I've always drawn things since I was a kid, and I kind of started. I think I made my first comic when I was about seven years old. It was a, yeah. a gift from my grandmother about my pet fish. Um, <sighs> it's lost to the ages now. I'm not sure even if she even ever looked at it, but but so that was kind of I guess my humble beginnings. And I've always been interested in comics. I, I used to read like superhero, uh, X Men things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of my first introduction when I was very young. Um, but in terms of my kind of uh, my current output, I've been taking it seriously for probably about two and a half to three years now. Okay. Um, so it was kind of, I was kicking about at home and I just had an idea for a funny little comic strip, just like a single one page comic strip thing one day. And I drew it and I put it on the internet and people seemed to think it was mildly amusing. So I made a bunch more of them and eventually collected them into a book, which was called Like, Tweet, Match, Repeat. Uh, and that came out in June 2017, I think. So, yeah, that was the first one. And uh, since then, I've made a bunch of little mini comics, which mm-hmm. I was just churning out on the printer at my job that I used to have, which I've now left. So I left Is it because left you were printing behind. stuff out? Yeah, yeah, they called me and I got <laughs> tucked out. I, I actually, so I actually did a comic recently. My newest comic was called Leftovers, which is a collection of like all these little mini comics. And mm-hmm. I kind of wrote a few new pages into it. And the first couple of pages were an, an ode to the printer. 
um, that I no longer had access to because nice. I left the company. Um, nice. Also, that was kind of why I made the book because I, I couldn't make any more of the mini comics. Yeah. They were the best because I, I used to just print, I used to stay behind late at work and just print out hundreds of things on the printer um, nice. and just like fold them all up and cut them and staple them by hand. So it was quite labor intensive, but also it cost me literally nothing. And I sold them for like a pound each. And I would often sell quite a few of them because for a pound, everyone was like, sure, I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, nice. So there, yeah. it was a, a really good markup on those. That was really <laughs> good. That, that's a really good kind of like an indie comics rite of passage, isn't it? Lots of people kind of come so, yeah. up doing that, co- doing stuff on the photocopier at work. I feel like that's a cornerstone is, of just seeing It's very satisfying though. Like as much as it was quite labor intensive, like the, the actual the idea of, cutting and pasting everything and like sticking it together by hand was very satisfying and like the fact that each one was like slightly different it was very much kind of like a, a zine like handmade aesthetic to it which i liked a lot um yeah, yeah and then i paid someone to print them all for me because i couldn't do that anymore so <laughs> they've, they've, kind of, they've lost some of that kind of nice handmade aesthetic but the important thing is they're still potentially funny maybe <laughs> you'll be pleased to know that uh, here at good comics hq we still do have to put quite a few of our comics together by hand ourselves yeah. we I are dedicated to comics that yeah much. i mean i still do i mean I, no i don't actually i mean i if, if I, I i might buy a printer i might make some more I'd, I'd really like to i still i still like to kind of do like hands-on things i i still yeah. make on my own little, like signs and everything like that whenever i table at a fair or things yeah. because i think it's nice to have something handmade on on display but i think it's a log- logical progression though into making making kind of more refined end products like i think we've generally worked towards that idea if anything we've kind of gone back the other way and went and said oh we should make some things that are a bit more handmade and not so so clean but i think it is like as your work develops and as you make comics that you're you're progressing and and making new things and and getting better and you kind of want them to have that present that presentation to go with it i guess absolutely yeah i think i think especially the the more the the more kind of uh fairs i was attending as well so i I started the first one i ever did was the cat food comic and zine fair back in 2017 Mm -hmm. 2017 um and it was it was kind of i I made a lot of the mini comics for that because at that point only already had one book out which was the like tweet match repeat one um, and I didn't just want to have one thing on sale, so I just churned out these co- little mini comics really, really quickly and printed them all off. So I just I had like three or four things on my table. Um, yeah. But but now as I kind of start going to bigger fairs and I've got more other things, then it is a lot of work. And I, as much as I said like the kind of markups really good, I was still only selling them for a pound each. So even if I sold, <laughs> I made twenty pounds that day, and it's not it often didn't cover the cost of like tables or transport or. Yeah. yeah well this this is something that we we've talked about quite a lot over the the last couple of years which is how doing comics and doing shows which is the most lucrative way to actually make money from yeah. from comics it is only lucrative if you kind of ignore all of the costs that you have to put into to doing yeah. those things and it's you kind of have to like we, we talk about going to big shows like thought bubble like the last couple of years we've essentially gone it's been our our holiday you know yeah. it's been our like long weekend that we get to go and hang out all together you have to kind of yeah i i don't think the, the industry really or what what is in this country at least is really 
made for making making you money it's about making comics and and sharing them and being part of a community and things like Absolutely. that. I, I don't think like anyone who I know who's in the kind of the, the small press scene is in it for the money. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, hang I, on I, a second. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's like a nice byproduct. It kind of just funds the hobby, if anything. Like, yeah. if, if I can make money off it, it means I can keep doing it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the way to approach it. And there are some people who do approach it as we're going to make money, but those people have incredible hustle and amazing energy and it's mm. it's a whole other thing you have to really kind of dedicate your life to it almost to make that because as you say the the returns are uh are low the margins are slim and it's just it's it's not necessarily this huge thing it's a scene right yeah exactly it's it's tricky i mean i think as, as the people who do that as well when you do dedicate your life to it if you think about the amount of time you're spending and the amount of time or amount of money you would make having a job in that time uh it's whether it actually balances out as still making a profit in that kind of sense um, yeah, but yeah I, I think i think like even if i didn't sell them to anyone and no one ever bought any of my comics i'd probably still make them or still draw things or yeah even just to post them on the internet or whatever just because once, once you kind of get into the habit of it i think it's quite hard to not make comics as well oh yeah totally i think i think there's a thing about making comics that once you do it especially people who make sort of autobiographical work or mm. or even like gag stuff that's based on your sense of humor then as soon as you get your mind into the into the mode of making things like that you can't kind of stop stop thinking things up like yeah. if you're someone who makes gags then you, once you've done a few you can't stop thinking of <laughs> can't stop thinking of them because that's the way your brain works you kind of reprogram yeah. it to think about things in that in that way exactly for me it's especially bad because i make gag comics and i make autobiographical comics so i just yeah everything that i say or think i think mm, i could turn this into a comic somehow probably. Yeah. <laughs> Best of both any single event in my life yeah. the joke's on you <laughs> i mean i guess talking of comics um so the other comic i made so yeah autobiographical stuff so after most of the little mini comics stuff, they were gag kind of throwaway jokes. Some of them literally one single joke. Um, mm. And yeah, the, uh, like Sweet Match Repeat was mostly, mostly funny. It was kind of meant to be kind of uh, melancholic, but at the same time humorous. So it was quite like poking lots of fun at like smartphones and social media. Um, but then the kind of the, I guess the most successful and the longest comic I've made so far was my autobiographical account of having a speech impediment, uh, mm. which came out in 2008. They came out last September. Yeah. So I came yeah, out yeah. last yeah, year for Thought Bubble. Bubble. Yeah. I've got it from your Thought Bubble there. Yeah. I was going to say, I, like I had seen your work. I think we met at, we met at uh, South London. Conference? Yeah. I think that was the first yeah. time. Yeah. I picked up like tweet match repeat there. So I think that's the first time, like we talked about online, but I think that's the first time we all met in, yeah, I think in that person. Was... Oh, they also and... picked up your little zine about hats as well. Oh, yeah. uh, that one. You'll be glad and... to know I'm wearing a hat right now. <laughs> I think it's that thing of like, I, I saw your work, I really, really enjoyed all the work that I had seen of yours, but then reading Stutter, like it kind of, it it made me go, oh, wow, like this is this is something different to what I expected out of you. And I think, it was it was a really it's kind of it's a really brave book to have made and it, it's really important to kind of talk about talk about those things and raise awareness for them but i just felt like it was a, a a kind of a big 
a nice jump for you to be doing something that's outside of your comfort zone in more ways than one you know yeah i mean talking it was, about it's that it was it was a kind of strange progression in terms of i actually i had the idea for stutter years before i actually made it it was mm. probably one of the first kind of comics i'd thought about making um just because i've always been interested in, in art and in drawing and in comics as a as a medium in general and like yeah having a speech impediment uh, having a stutter is something that's uh for obvious reasons quite difficult to talk about in certain sure. times mm. and i always thought that comics would be a great uh a, a great medium to discuss it because you literally show sound on the page so that mm. was the whole kind of hook of the book is that the, the, as i started the speech bubble sort of crack and crumble and disintegrate sure. um so i thought that that was just a kind of a good visual hook that i thought of yeah absolutely i think i, I think it's one of those examples of of um comics being the perfect form to to talk about that yeah it's... i mean i, I i've always liked in any kind of medium, to be honest, whether it's in film or video games or comics or anything, like any story that can only be told in that particular medium, yeah, I think yeah. those are the ones I was always drawn drawn towards. Like, I think stuff that could only really work as a comic, it wouldn't quite have the same impact in any other form. So, yeah, I just absolutely. really wanted to try and capture that kind of uh, that essence of comicness. Mm. Yeah, it's an excellent book. Yeah, you. and you say that like um the stuff in like to match repeat is all kind of gags and jokes. Well, not all, but um I think there is you can see a progression from that into stutter and a lot of the stuff in like tweet match repeat that I saw was I think you do have an eye for social commentary and for the, the depicting you know interactions between people and sort of digital culture and those kind of things and though that there that was kind of a serious thread in there that I saw and that I noticed was a really nice progression in stutter so to have seen that progression in your work I thought was great I really enjoyed that thanks again that's very nice of you to see um yeah I mean I think that there's definitely is it's definitely like it's kind of similarities especially in like the writing style i think mm, um yeah i try to kind of I, do, I kind of want everything to feel cohesive but at the same time because i've been kind of jumping in between doing the autobiographical stuff and and kind of more comedic gag stuff that yeah i do want it to feel coherent still um sure. hmm. it's, it's, it's a kind of tricky balancing act but yeah so could you um you're also involved in a, a group book last yes. year and you've got a new one coming out this year could you yeah, tell us so, about that absolutely so um so i when i moved back into london so I, I used to live in london then i moved out for a little bit then i moved back again and uh th that was that was when i was kind of really starting getting into drawing these comics so the ones that became like tweet um uh, and i basically didn't really know anybody who was into comics uh, mm. in the same way or at least not into that kind of comics I, I knew some people who were into like superhero stuff um so i just went on the internet and searched like comic meetup groups or something in london mm. and it came across this group called uh work in progress comics or whip comics yeah. and i just attended one of the meetups and it was the first time i was really able to show my work to people who actually had some kind of context for like the the process of how to make it or how sure. comics really work so i was showing them to my my friends and my family and Everyone was like, "Ah, oh, they're really funny, well done. But they didn't really have any point of reference as to whether they were good or not. They were sure. like the best the best comics they'd ever seen in their life by default, <laughs> which is, which is yeah. lovely, but not particularly helpful, like not very constructive. Um, so I started attending this group and just showing my comics to people there and they gave me some really good feedback and some helpful kind of ideas for how to develop further things as well so that was kind of when i, when I started working on stutter was around that kind of time as well um mm. because it's really helpful the, the 
basically the group meets up once a month at the South Bank Centre in London, and oh. everyone just sits around and we kind of show each other our work, talk about what we're working on, talk about ideas we've got, and just kind of give each other feedback and criticism sometimes. Occasionally you can literally just describing a concept that they have and asking for feedback on it. Sometimes it's showing like finished art and it's asking if there's anything that anyone would change. Uh, occasionally it's asking about actual the process of making it and like the software and how to scan it and how to print things. Um, a lot of people have a great idea for a comic, but they just have literally no idea where to begin. So mm. yeah, we all kind of met up and the process of doing that, I was able to show the the pages I was drawing every month and people would give feedback on it. That was nice. Um, and then after attending it for like probably three or four months or so, then the, 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 the organizer at the time, uh, he was about to move out of London and he asked if anyone would like to take over and he asked me because I was becoming like a regular attendee and I was one of the more vocal people in the group sure. um, so I was like yeah sure and so I've been running it now for almost two years I think oh, wow. which is kind of flown by uh, and yeah so it's, it's, it's actually grown quite a lot like when I was first attending there were probably like six to eight people and we, we had a meetup just this weekend gone and i think there are about 20 or to 25 or so of us wow um, that's really wow. Which was good so yeah it's, 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 it's there's always new people coming along to it always new people finding it online um and last year we put together our first anthology so it was it was kind of the idea behind that was getting a project that everyone could work towards at the same time um, there are a lot of people who came to the group, like I say, they had really good ideas for things, but they just didn't know really how to start. And I think a very common uh, issue with people who want to make comics is that they have this massive, grand, big idea. So their mm. the, the first project is like a 6,000 page epic science fiction, yeah. uh, sort of a, a multi-volume graphic novel series. Um, but they'd never made anything before in their lives. So I thought it was a really good opportunity for people to just make something very, very small, a one to four page comic. Um, but a lot of people as well, it was kind of a, a confidence boost. It was the first time they had any work in print. And yeah. we got it in a few shops in, in London and various other places. And I took us lots of fairs. So yeah, it was a good, really nice opportunity to do that. And yeah, and the next one is going to be uh, debuting at the Hackney Comic and Zine Fair. Ah, <laughs> is that nepotism? Also, no, you having no. a de- debut at your own show? It's curation. <laughs> ah. It's curation, yeah. Um, so there's there's going to be great. a, a, a whip comics table, so it's going to be a big shared table at, at Hackney for um, anyone who attends the group who has work they want to sell. Um, so great. again, it's it's actually kind of giving opportunities to people who've never had their work on sale before to get mm. in front of an audience. Um, we we have we have done this previously. So we did do one. The first fair that we did for Whip was uh, in in Germany. So me and Lara, who also attends uh, Work in Progress, Lara Callahan, also makes very good comics. Uh, me and her went went to, to to Berlin for a weekend and uh, sold loads of comics. Uh, when you were yeah, talking I... earlier on about going to comics comic fairs and it costing you more money than you make. <laughs> yeah don't go to berlin if that's if, if you're making money again make it like a holiday and you don't have to yeah, yeah that's that's kind yeah. of how it, it was just like a nice weekend away we happened to hang out with lots of really cool comic people in berlin and and sell some stuff and have a nice time it was good it was yeah just expensive and hard work but it was still good <laughs> That's really great, though. I think there's not enough 
to you know people don't talk enough about there's the, the community aspect of comics and doing something like whip but it's a really important thing giving everyone that platform and yeah pushing people in the right direction that they, you don't have to have this grandeur idea for your first comic you can just make something small and here is a theme yeah. or here is not a theme. i think it's not it it can't be praised enough that something like that can be hugely important to people who are making comics for the first time or really new and and don't really know what they're doing so so it's yeah it's really really great i haven't actually seen the first issue so i'm excited to see see the table well um we're actually that one actually literally just just sold out i think we might Ah. have the first run but i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna print some more in time for hackney as well see um, yeah, that's why both volumes. And and there's, the, the, the exciting thing about it is that there will be a table full of people who you've probably never heard of or never never really had their work on sale um, in many places before. So it's, I think it's a really nice opportunity just to give them a platform and and for uh, any comic fans to come along and like find something that they wouldn't find elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. One of the, one of the whole ideas with with the the whole Hackney Fair was that there's a lot of or the, in the past, there have been a lot of fairs in London, which I've really liked. Um, but you do tend to get a lot of the same faces showing up at them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to turn down people just because they're successful. And obviously, there's a lot of people who are going to be attending who are kind of r- regulars on the scene. But I, I really did want to make sure there was some space for people who uh, were kind of still kind of up and coming and like developing themselves as artists and not quite yeah. so well known. So. Yeah, I think that's really important to make sure that there's a space for those people that they're able to to kind of experience selling at a show and the community aspect of it, like getting to know. I think one of the big things that I learned from from tabling at things is you just get to know people and you get to, you know, you 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 are sat next to someone that you haven't, you know, is predetermined by someone else, and you end up making yeah. friends with people and making relationships with people, even if they're not. That, if, even if their work isn't something that you would normally look at or even if you know you hadn't heard of them before you it's a really nice opportunity to become immersed in in the community by by allowing those p- people an opportunity to to kind of exhibit and show their work and yeah absolutely i mean i think like making comics is for the most part a very solitary experience of uh, at least yeah. in the way i work i imagine for most people that they're kind of mostly sitting at home at a desk Kind of working away in the evenings, especially in like the small press scene, doing it yeah. around their day jobs. Um, yeah. So that actually, the, the idea of everyone coming together and being able to hang out and like talk at fairs. I, I think the comic fairs are just hugely important to the community, to the scene. Uh, which again, is again one of the reasons why I was really keen to put something together this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost more valuable to have that community aspect, isn't it? I think for us, so many of the people we've ended up publishing or who've worked with or whose work we've liked, we've met in person at shows and we've just spent time hanging out with them and thought got a got a vibe from people or you know you, you can tell who are good people and you you have a lot of energy in there as well i think as you say because so many people are working on this in almost solitary confinement when they actually then do meet people there's actually a sort of amazing energy to it it's like wow i'm in the room with some actual people who i can share this thing with yeah, yeah. i think it's going to be even nicer at the hackney comic and zine fair because there's also going to be lots of beer that everyone will be drinking so you know, it's, it's like a social lubricant so yeah this is, is Jerry free subliminally beer? telling you no the beer is not free no the beer is very much you have to buy the beer someone asked that the other day it's like oh free beer i'll be there it's like oh no 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 no, no. there's no free beer it does make it easier though yeah absolutely 
after we've all got terrible back pain from stooping over <laughs> comics all night after our day jobs, we have to stretch out with beer and Twister. Well, I was thinking about when you you said that uh, you know most people are doing it on their own. What I Rosie and I have the the lovely experience of living together, so we get to share the experience of <laughs> of making comics, which is mostly me throwing pieces of paper in the bin. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, I think that's the experience for most people. <laughs> and it's like, I've never screwed paper up and thrown it in the bin. It stresses me out. Yeah, Rosie well, looks at me it like it's screws it up like some sort of savage. It's my process. <laughs> Something I kind of wish I did more. I, I draw a thing on it on a Wacom tablet, so uh, I don't really want to screw that up and throw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we we've just converted to to digital pretty much, and it it it. I actually am enjoying drawing. Like I've said this a few times, but I actually really enjoy drawing them for the first time in a while because you you just delete the layer and start again if you yeah get, it's or you it's, just put oh, another layer over the top and keep drawing like yeah. Yeah. I love it as much as much as I do. Kind of miss like having all the big, massive stacks of paper taking up space all, all over my entire bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so much faster as well. It's just if you make a mistake, you just undo it and you do it on a new layer. And I, I feel like it's, it's made my comics better just because I, I can feel like I can be much more loose. Yeah. Uh, in like the very first draft, I can just really quickly sketch it out, and then I can kind of draw just on top of that, but without having the hassle of a light box or anything like that. So yeah. my, my old my old process was. It's really like penciling everything out, then taking that page out and using a light box and then inking on different pieces of paper, then scanning that piece of paper in and then tidying everything up in Photoshop. And then doing it just it just took took like a single page of comic would take me like a day and a half, whereas now yeah. I can start like a whole page in half a day. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot quicker. Well, I was looking at some of your work, so you also do sort of more commercial illustration, which is very clean, like just going from your website you've you've got had some more sort of commercial clients does that change how you approach comics at all or is it very much two separate things uh it's tricky because even in the kind of more com- commercial stuff then i do actually have uh, a variety of different sort of styles and approaches so mm-hmm. uh for the for the for the most part i do uh kind of vectory uh, illustrations and logos and kind of graphic design uh, yeah. things clients a lot but there's also been quite a few times when I've done like really rough hand-drawn things. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's one of those weird double-edged swords of I'm quite versatile in my sort of illustrative style and approach, um, which is good in ways that means I can do lots of different things, but it's bad in that you could look at two pieces of work and not know they're by the same person. Uh, yeah. So yeah it, it, even when actually putting together my website was very difficult in terms of I, I kind of didn't want to say that I was a graphic designer or an illustrator or I did comics. I wanted to do everything at the same time. Um, and I think I kind of just about managed to land a, a design for it where I, ha- I have everything on there. But it, it, if, if I kind of push the comic stuff and the illustration stuff too hard, that scares off the graphic design clients. Yeah. Uh, if, if I push the, like, the commercial illustration stuff too much, then anyone who's interested in my comics will see that first and they won't see the comic stuff. And it's tricky. I think it's interesting looking at your work because there is quite a... a there's a line that goes through all that's based in color and shape and form like despite you having different styles and approaches i think there is there is like a direct line between all of your work and it's a lot to do with the your color choices and your some of your shapes and things and negative think, space yeah. and stuff like that i think, I think definitely in terms of like the the way i approach covers 
for mm. for all my comics. I, I do that in a very like, a graphic design way. Sure. I don't I don't treat them as like the cover to a comic book in the way lots of people see it. I treat it as a piece of graphic design. I, yeah. A lot of my design background is in marketing and advertising. Okay. Um, right. like a lot of, like the more commercial stuff that I've done. So I was acutely aware of actually like using some of those uh, skills that I picked up on on those kind of jobs in a way to make my comic stand out on the shelf a little bit more, which yeah. mm. kind of helps. Yeah, definitely. So you use the printer, get the skills, and that's how you get set up. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really important not to be one dimensional, especially in today's culture and today's economy. Right. Everything you do art wise or culture wise informs your work in a different way. I think it's important to try different things and have different approaches and just have different skills. And I think actually um, your background in design and stuff, Joe, really informs your comics in a nice way because they fit together really nicely. They have really nice composition and stuff like that. It's it's yeah, I think it all it's all part of the same nexus and it works nicely and i also I love the um little memes you've been posting on instagram of um hollywood rhyming slang <laughs> uh, very yeah, funny yeah this was i think my second stupidest idea i've ever had uh, <laughs> but the I, first I, was is, comics oh the first the first is so stupid um but at the same time i think it's, it's one of those kind of it's, it's either really stupid or brilliant so i don't want to tell you about it because i might do it uh, and then, well, like, he's being really coy about this just tell us Jack. you can't say oh, that no, and not say it it's such a stupidly good idea i don't know uh no, you say keep it well yeah i'm gonna hold on to this one you can't have that idea no I, I'll, oh. I'll do it next year and then you'll see um yeah the hollywood rhyming slang i actually did that a couple of years ago i think i drew it all it, it started uh, so I, I used to work in a comic book shop uh, back in my hometown in essex and uh. we we would go out to the pub like at least once a week, all the kind of people who work there. And I can't remember exactly how we landed on the topic of like, just using different alternatives to Cockney rhyming slang of like different things you could try to get into it. And I, I kind of had the idea for uh, Hollywood actors and celebrities and start drawing them. I don't know why. They're very good. <laughs> I'm very much enjoying it. I also yeah, anything involving like Nicolas the... Cage. <laughs> there. I very much enjoy the Star Wars puns. Personally. Ah, the Star Wars puns, yeah. They're, they're fun as well that, that was like, that was one of those stupid things of I kind of one of my biggest breaks that I got was just via those things and that was like, like I said earlier on about even if no one gave me money for comics and for drawing I'd still do it anyway and that, that yeah. is literally from I had a stupid idea on the train one day and I drew it and posted it on the internet um, I did a bunch of them and then uh, the science museum got in, had seen them somehow and they got in touch with me and wanted me to do a big like social media thing for the fact that they were showing one of the Star Wars movies. That's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I somehow I managed to actually get paid to to write bad Star Wars puns, which is a (laughs) that's the dream. That is the dream. Um, I just wanted to go drawing dumb things. It's great. Yeah, I just wanted to go back quickly to talking about um, work in progress and and. Just wondered what you, if there's anyone that has come out of that group that is, is sort of producing really good work, or if there's anyone that you've seen make really good progress in the couple of years that you've been been running. Yeah. If there's anyone. So there, there are actually a few people who are going to be tabling at, uh, at Hackney Comic and Zoo Fair who I kind of met through the group, and I think the work has really improved. There's a, a guy, guy named Nick Nick Bryan, who's a writer. Okay. Who cool. um, he works with like various different artists uh, on each 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 project, and he's done a couple of little collections of short stuff and a couple of slightly longer. 
or, or also kind of like single issue things mm. um and he he kind of he writes more genre fiction so quite different from the sort of stuff that i and a lot of other people do but i think he mm. does it really really nicely um he, he had a book out earlier on this year called the, the catalyst which is a sort of cool. like kind of genre hopping sort of satirical like poking fun at various tropes in different genres but it was, it was really mm-hmm. nice together and i think like yeah his, his work's just getting better and better each each like thing he writes i like more and more mm-hmm. he's a, a really good comic in the new anthology as well that's very funny um lara calhan who i mentioned earlier as well yeah. i think so uh when she first started attending the whip group then she had never really done any comics she had this sort of little idea for one uh, but then she released a comic last no, earlier on this year um which is extremely good reapers and that's going to be on sale on the whip comics table um yeah i think those those people that definitely kind of there's everyone's doing very well there's a bunch of people who have been attending the group i think actually longer than i have yeah um, who, who still come along to it just because they kind of like the kind of sense of community and and hanging out with people and it's fun to make comics so yeah totally that's really nice. Yeah, I always say that comics brings people together, which, yeah, as I say, people don't necessarily always realise that and how great it is, especially, as I say, when you get away from the superhero mainstream, which most people probably think is just, like, fanboys arguing endlessly about whether they should remake The Last Jedi or not. It's actually very, very different. What pants Captain America is wearing. <laughs> it's an important subject. I think we all need to think a lot about Captain America's pants. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the genre stuff is uh, so that, that's, that's how I got into comics in the first place was through superhero stuff. Yeah, and obviously it's yeah, and I'm not I'm not knocking that as a as a no, point no, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I, but I I have I don't think I could write a superhero comic because I just I wouldn't be able to take it seriously enough. Well, like kind of how self serious they are about the sort of fictional worlds and. Mm. Yeah. I was actually thinking about uh, about that when you were talking about people coming to to comics with very grand ideas and i realized that i i started writing some massive like sprawling near future sci-fi thing when i first started thinking about comics that's everyone does don't worry yeah (laughs) i just i had completely forgotten about it but yeah like i i totally leaned into that for like a year and didn't know what what the hell i was doing making comics and how to make them um and yeah like I, I think it's great to encourage people to just approach comics you know uh making small things understanding yeah. the craft understanding how what it takes to to make comics and to develop their own style it's much easier to do that in in kind of small form work and and also as a group like you're saying like having having feedback from people i think it's just a really great thing to to be involved in and i think it's really great that it exists like people talking about making comics and what they can do and and sharing their ideas is is like one of the most important things about comics in general i think yeah i think think it's really nice it's definitely a good sense of community and it's the the, 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 comics does have that tendency to uh as like a hobby whether you're a reader or or a creator to kind of attract more introverted people as well, I think. Um, yeah. I definitely learned that when I was working in the comic book shop. Then, yeah, then we, we got a lot of the, the the cliches and stereotypes surrounding comic book fans. Mm. Uh, yeah, some of them are true, but <laughs> if, 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 so I think that the fact that there is a kind of uh, places people can hang out. I think the same is true for like comic fairs and conventions and things where you can go to it and you know that everyone else in the room shares the same interest as you, and you 
you just feel immediately less self-conscious about the thing the fact that you like a thing that is generally in society seen upon as being kind of nerdy or whatever yeah i i am um, rosie and i had a conversation recently about this because as a trio we kind of decided to not not do as do as many shows and stuff like that paddy's had a baby and we all have busy lives and we decided to just take it a bit easier this year and yep. we we were talking the other day about how how it's kind of sad we've missed out on on some of that stuff and you don't realize until you're not doing it how doing a bunch of shows and being around those people is is really revitalizing and yeah. gets you excited to do to do that stuff we were at an event this weekend in bristol a friend of mine was running that was a, a a bunch of illustrators sat in a room designing stamps um my my friend yes. uh, mike who runs a Rizzo press called assembly in bristol and they've oh, organized yeah, yeah. this thing where they had a bunch of people come and sit in a room and they were designing stamps around a theme and just like seeing a bunch of people in a room being creative and talking like i chatted to a couple of people about what they do and there's a guy who makes all his illustration work with uh collage and cut paper and stuff like that like just just kind of being around people like that and being around your people maybe yeah absolutely like I think it's, it, it can be really inspiring as well just when you see people being so creative it, it, it in my case definitely it makes me want to go and make more comics so that yeah. i have something else to show them next time uh, especially with mm. with whip the fact that it's like a monthly event that, that I, I kind of always want to bring something along i don't but i always want to <laughs> uh yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't got time to draw comics these days i'm too busy with other things yeah sometimes you really need that impetus don't you just have it being having someone hold you accountable or even if it's just within your own head just thinking oh, i've got the show coming i've got to have something new yeah, i remember exactly. like um i only ever done one issue of my comic ball game but i was like furiously trying to get it ready in time for thought bubble i think 2017 yeah um 16 17 i 17, don't know the God. the years all become a blur when you have a baby but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember just like furiously finishing it. I was uh, I was at work at the Frankfurt Book Fair for my day job, and I was like furiously penciling it late, and then inking it late into the night in this hotel room, just because I was like, I have to have a new thing out for Thought Bubble, otherwise I will be a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that feeling. I think like uh, so, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna have anything new out at Hackney. Um, what? I think I've got a pretty oh, I've got a pretty good excuse. What a uh, slacker! <laughs> well, I, I'm, I've got I'm gonna have a, a four a three page comic in the new work in progress. There you uh, go. That's anthology. all you need. Yeah, that's doesn't, something. Doesn't like matter a how many pages. Yeah, I've been a little bit too busy with uh, organizing the entire event. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I really want to have something out this year for Thought Bubble, but I'm not confident I will. Uh, just, just I've got, I've got, I know what my next comic is going to be, and I've kind of started the planning stages of it, but uh, it's, it's uh, probably a little bit too ambitious to finish in three months. I honestly um, think there's, there's something to be said for, for slowing down the pace of, of work. But, yeah. Like it's very easy to get caught up in the cycle of, like it is great, especially when you're starting out. Like I think it, it is a great impetus to, um, to have a show and want to make something for it and make sure you've got plenty of stuff on your table and but i think i think it's easy to fall into the trap to feel, of feeling like you need to always be making something new always be working on yeah. a on a new comic like i know rosie you you kind of have have tried to decide to to work on a bigger project going forward yeah. rather than banging out 
shorter ones every year yeah i think it's just it's a dangerous cycle of of feeling like you're gonna fall, drop off the end of the planet if you don't keep making work i went through about two to three years of constantly making stuff so it's nice to slow down and go oh, you know i don't have to bring out something new for this show and and yeah. you know that you can spend that time on making something really good like making the making something that is the best version of it as well. yeah and bringing out some good comics yeah yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat of, yeah, I think that my next thing's probably going to be my longest comic I've done so far. Still not, like, not anything super long, but uh, I've got a nice idea for it. So I, I, do, I, I, want, I don't want to do it properly. I don't want to try to rush it out. Yeah. I, I, there was one comic that I, I debuted uh, last year at Small Press Day, which mm-hmm. was the 12 Opinions of Artwork in Galleries, and that was something that I really I really wanted to have something on sale because like that, that was the week before South London as well so I kind of thought I'd have a double-edged uh, like a two-pronged if, if I have book finished I can have it for, for, for them both yeah. um, but I definitely rushed it a little bit and I think it's slightly rough around the edges I still kind of like it I think it's, yeah. it, it, it's, if, if we're given it like even an extra two weeks of working on it I think I probably could have tightened it up a little bit and just made it all a little bit better but. yeah I guess what this is all getting at is that there's a fine line between working yourself to the bone to make new work and yeah. making making the best version of the work like and I, and I guess things like work in progress is a really good good thing for that like you can you can go every month and try and make a little bit of progress but you don't it can be a long-term long-term thing and you can Absolutely, keep yeah. going back and people know the it, thing it, you're working on if anything i think that's the best way to do it of being able to to continuously show something and see how it develops and mm. it's, it's nice for when you're giving feedback to someone and that's what they're doing and they come back the next month and say like i, I took all your points into account and i've changed this page or whatever yeah. it's really satisfying for for everyone to be able to say like yeah this is actually looks really good now you've managed to improve it and i think it's it's going to be like the best comic it can be from that yeah that, totally. that's sorry. sorry that's okay I interested. Yeah. Uh, okay so with the with the anthology then that was kind of the idea as well of that we, we we kind of start start it six months before it comes out so the mm. idea is that every, every month some everyone can bring along like first just their script and then like some thumbnails and then some finished pages and so we, we could all kind of help each other feed into it and the best but never works everyone always sends in their comics like the day before the print deadline obviously but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fine well that, like that does tie into something that we've really tried to to move towards making making comics as good comics in the last few years is like is really have a bit more concentration on developing stuff with people and having that input and and kind of like i think between the three of us we have a pretty good amount of experience in making comics and producing them and reading them and i think it's really important to make make stuff the best thing that it is and i wouldn't wouldn't ever want to rush any like we have in the past kind of gone oh crap we need to get this out for this this thing i think my attitude has kind of changed and that like if it's not perfect then or if it's not the best thing that it can be then then i'd prefer to wait and yeah. make sure that we're putting things out there that you know haven't been rushed and the people have made the people that have made them are, have made the best version of the the thing that they yeah there's like the, the there's like a phrase of like if you wait for it it'll be really good but if you get it out when it's not finished it'll be bad forever yeah, so, yeah. i think that was confucius <laughs> yeah i think so 
I am something. That, that sounds like him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if they build it, if you build it, they will come. I was That's thinking that. That'd be a good baseball gag as well for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're all over that stuff. Can't believe it. We had to get almost an hour in before we could bring it back to baseball. Not <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like... In terms of like events and stuff, are you guys, I, I remember firstly on the last episode of your podcast, I think you're talking about maybe a little, a little fair in Bournemouth. Yeah, we keep talking we keep, about it. The more people we tell, the more we're held accountable. So I think that's our yeah. plan. We've just I think I, actually, you, you, you did like posted a tweet like two years ago with a <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah, pretty much. If if we did a, a, a con in Bournemouth, would everyone like that? And there was like an overwhelming yes. I think was the answer. Yeah, yeah there we're was... still we're still going. <laughs> Do you know what this this is the problem? Like these guys are very very considered. Paddy and Rosie think about the things they're going to do they consider things i on the other hand just go ha, let's do that thing and that it was me that sent that tweet out i don't think i told anyone else that i was putting it out we had sort of vaguely talked about it and now i feel slightly responsible for the fact that at some point we probably will have to yeah and you're not the organized one out yeah, of no. us so it means <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us have to pick up the pieces yeah it's true yeah. it's yeah. coming I like, I like the way you think it's, it's a work in progress we have brought up yet again after we did this very nice stamp assembly in bristol on saturday we're like we should be doing this why yeah, are we doing our we, show like honestly i think <coughs> i think we will do it yeah maybe maybe soon but I think I, it's 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 not as not as difficult, and not to say that it's like a stress free or like easy process. But yeah, be careful what you say here, Jay, because if, <laughs> if you make it sound too easy, then it's you that's gonna get <laughs> sharp. It's end. it's a very <laughs> achievable thing to do. Yeah, it is, and I yeah, I I think we honestly seeing you put together Hackney is one of the things that's pushed us. To, towards wanting to do it more because it is exactly the type of version of this type of thing that I, I think needs to exist there's plenty of new people there's some established people it's a nice place. like honestly the the main concern for me is the location because honestly all like all things comics are very London centric like like all all stuff in this country <laughs> most of the rest of the country doesn't I mean, exist outside of london to most people definitely it's definitely easier in london just in terms of like obviously the people who are already here but i mean it, it had like the bristol fair um yeah, yeah. which obviously no longer happening but i i think there is something new happening in bristol i have in the heard, future as well i overheard some uh, conversations this weekend <laughs> yeah I, I i got some hints dropped a couple of weeks ago and then i've I started seeing things on twitter as well so i think there'll be something yeah. in bristol soon and there's like the swin one and obviously there was the cardiff comics carnival that josh Hicks put together yeah yeah that was great i, well, I, I would have loved loved to have come down to that but it was just a yeah that, i mean that's the tricky thing i guess of when it's in a place that is just that far enough away from where i live uh, yeah like our hope is that that we, we will... have a beach yeah like yeah. i think i think there's plenty to entice people it's a lovely place to to be and wherever you wherever well we've got a few ideas of where we might try and organize it and it's all pretty close to the seaside you know it's it's definitely a doable thing and i think it will be nice to try and for the area as well and not just for the 
comics community that exists already but for the area to because we've we've got like one of the best arts unis in the country here yeah of course and i i think to expose some of those people to to comics if they aren't already reading them or give them an opportunity to share their comics i think would be great um yeah you've just you've you've made us say it on yeah now you got to do it I, I edit the podcast so I can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's just being like w- w- one long beep in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I think so. The, the the whole kind of idea for the Hector thing, I kind of came uh, after actually last year's South London uh, Comic and Zine Fair. So we, we went to the, to the pub afterwards and I was chatting mm. with Gareth Brooks. I think he might have been a little bit drunk. But I was like, you know, thanks, thanks for putting it together. Thanks for organising it. It's like, ah, anyone could do it. You, you, you should do one. Right? That right? like Maybe I will. Yeah, I think Hackney's come around at an interesting time. I can't remember when they announced there wasn't going to be another Bristol show, but obviously this year, with it being the first time without and Hackney having started up, I think you've you've started this at a really pinnacle time where people are oh. yearning for another a show that has that same kind of atmosphere and comfort yeah, I mean, excitement that, that was was definitely one of the one of the reasons because I, I i was talking to gareth brooks again previously and he uh he told me that he, he wasn't going to be doing the south london one this year because he was too busy working on his new book uh which incidentally is going to be coming out at the hackney comic and zine fair and like the the, the crouch end one that uh was happening as well that's no longer happening because uh sean as party moved out of london yeah. And then the Bristol one wasn't happening, so I kind of felt even more responsibility to put something on. Um, yeah. And, and the, fact, the fact that obviously I, I do have like the whip group, and I kind of I've managed to kind of make some nice connections with various people, and like meet enough people in the London scene and beyond that I felt I was in a position where I could invite people, and they might say yes. Yeah. Too. Uh, or instead of just being like a complete stranger saying, "Hey, I'm putting on a comic fair. Come along." Um, mm. You've also yeah. got some so, excellent branding, which helps. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, again, yeah. that kind of comes from the the fact that I did quite a lot of work in in, in marketing. That's a, I knew that would come in handy one day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've got like a whole professional campaign going on. It's very good. Ours would be rubbish. It would be Sam writing it on a piece of paper and taking a picture to hold me and Paddy accountable to finish it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit obsessive when it comes to Instagram. Uh, I'm not sure if that comes across on my personal account as well, but uh, no, your Instagram's real good. Quite like neat things. The the biggest achievement of the whole Hackney Comic and Zine Fair is the fact that everything fits neatly into sets of three. Uh, (laughs) There's a a very purposeful reason why there's like that many exhibitors. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah I like I, a good I, grid system what can i say yeah we, uh, i like it it's really professional i you know i look at a lot of shows and a lot of other stuff where they haven't put everything in threes and i hate it oh it makes me sick <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is if we put a show on we're gonna have to hire joe to do the marketing <laughs> yeah to divide everything by three yeah that's 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 my main skill it's just division uh <laughs> But I think you have a nice eye for typography as well. It's all really, really stuff that's very easy on the eyes. And I'm a big fan of that, messing around with type, which is a thing I like to do because I actually can't draw and I've kind of stopped drawing. So I've started doing a bit of that instead, which is much easier. As you say, it's a thing you can do on a computer. And if you make a mistake, you can just control that. Because <laughs> with comics, I always used to just scratch on a piece of paper with ink and then be annoyed that it was bad. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that that's kind of, again, it's a similar process to everyone. It's another thing we talk about a lot of the whip group of like, everyone always thinks that their comics are bad. Uh, we did like one nice little exercise once where uh, one person in the group was like showing the work and was like saying, oh, obviously the drawing is terrible. I'm really, really bad at drawing. And I, I like got, got everyone just to, uh, I, I asked them to, to, to put their hand up if they thought they were good at drawing. Like not a single person in the group did. <laughs> then I asked them to put their hand up if they thought the person on their left was good at drawing and like, everyone's hand just shot straight up. <laughs> it's just like, I think it's also a really important, like you should never be satisfied with your work. No. You always kind of want to keep progressing and keep like moving it forward and keep developing it. I think if you get to the point where you're like, yeah, this is great, I've peaked, then there's nowhere to go but down from there. So I think I get- it's always... Yeah, again, I think it falls into that thing that we were talking earlier. There's a little bit of a grey area here too, where you have to, you have to be confident in the work that you're doing, but you also have to know when to stop and when to yeah. say this is good enough. Like the whole, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, having something finished is more important than it being perfect and you know I, I i think it's very easy to because i think i spent a really long time like spinning my wheels making comics like i have redrawn comics pages more times than i would like to, uh, to admit. Yeah. um and it's about learning that that idea of going okay well it's not perfect but it it, it does the job that it does needs to do and and honestly comics as a language is fairly simple like when you when you learn the language of of storytelling through art and and um you know captions and word bubbles it, the language is fairly simple and you can pare it right down and and it doesn't have to be over complicated to be effective I, mean, I think another thing people tend to do and i've definitely been guilty of in the past is like comparing yourself to other artists i think mm-hmm. that's such a such a fruitless process and when you, when you just look at someone, someone's work online, and you're just like, what's the point in even trying? Because you'll never be as good as their work. But yeah. I, I try to encourage the idea that there's like no such thing as bad drawing. It's just different styles. And yeah. it, it, you yeah. look at like some some like some some comic people who uh, like a, 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 a extremely successful who don't have t- traditionally a good grasp of anatomy or anything. Uh, they can still like do really really nice storytelling because ultimately that's all comics is. It's just whether you can communicate the narrative that you're trying to tell with words and pictures yeah I think, the quality of those pictures necessarily Absolutely. i think there's more art in comics that i dislike because it's over rendered than i do yeah. because it isn't traditionally good yeah mm-hmm. and it's, sure. it's also subjective there's 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 no there's no like good or bad art at all in any ways it's whether people like I have a good response to it or not, mm. but it doesn't actually matter about the quality of it necessarily. Yeah, definitely. I try only to compare myself as an artist to Marcel Duchamp, which I think is a very good starting point. Yeah. Okay. Is this yeah. comic as good as a toilet on the wall of a gallery? <laughs> Do you know what? There was a random toilet kicking around my day job the other day, and I made a comment to someone about it. Wasn't it R. Mutt he wrote on the toilet? Yeah, or something yeah. It's like called that? Fountain. Yeah, I made a reference and no one knew what I was talking about, and I just felt sad. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think I think it was that was that was voted to be the most influential work of art of all time, like a few years ago. Yeah, I think it's good. I love it. I think I think I think myself Trump was a genius. That's why I compare myself to it because I'm like because you're a genius. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a genius, obviously. (laughs) 
<laughs> so can you've already talked about the whip group but can you tell us about any other people that are going to be at that hackney comic and zine fair that you are really excited about apart from us um, obviously good comics going to be there and i hear those guys as well <laughs> oh, they're so they're so nice um <laughs> Yeah, so who do we have? We've got, so like I say, Gareth Brooks is going to be debuting a new book, um, which I'm very excited about seeing. Um, I don't know if, if you follow Gareth's work at all, but he's been mm-hmm. posting lots of embroideries that he's been doing yeah. um, over the last yeah. several years, I think, basically. Are these uh, the, the slightly smutty ones? The, the Yes, the very smutty ones. Uh, and this, 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 this book, so all of those embroideries, he's had them on sale with him at like various fairs for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. pages in this comic. So this this comic's entirely hand embroidered, um, and it looks it looks phenomenal from the pages I've seen. I was looking forward to that. Uh, 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 there's going to be some uh, other pub- publishers there uh, uh, as well. Mowbrow are going to be there. Oh, um, cool. Ah, okay. cool, cool. Also very convenient because their office is based literally around the corner from the venue. Um, <laughs> and I think that they've got uh, Luke Healy's new book, Americana, is get, I think oh, it's coming yeah. out like a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, yeah, that looks great. Uh, looks it's it's going to be kind of the first the first fair, I think, that is going to be on sale at, which yeah, I'm really looking forward to. And Luke himself might possibly uh, be coming along. Oh, nice. I like Luke. I have met him yeah. once. He was very nice. It's still to be confirmed uh, how long he'll be kicking about, but I think he might be he might be on the premises. Okay. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, definitely put me on the spot. So I, I <laughs> know the exhibitor list. No. Top of my head. Um, so there's going to be uh, most of the other Broken Frontiers six to watch. So Alicia Nandra, Olivia Oswalda, and Abs Bailey are all going to be there. Um, and if you follow Broken Frontier and their comics coverage, then yeah, every year they have six artists to watch. Uh, we couldn't quite get the full six, but you know we got we got four of them. That's not bad. You've got an alumni because Rosie will be there. She was you in the first. Um... Yeah, first wave. Uh, Dan- Danny Noble's going to be there as well, and she was I believe oh, okay. a, a sixth oh. previously as well. Yeah, um, I love Danny. I think she, well, she might be sitting quite close to you guys. Hmm. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Is this in the the more limbed room or the less limbed room? <laughs> you're in the you're in the more limbed room. Oh, yeah, big twist. I can't remember. Was this? Did we have this conversation after we started recording, I or was know. that before? Because otherwise, it's going to be really <laughs> weird. <laughs> I'm pretty you're sure it was room. after. Okay. I think I hope it was after. The one with the most people in the biggest room. And so. Um, um, so, if it's not putting you on the spot too much, Joe, would you be able to just give us a quick rundown of the dates and times of? Absolutely. So that one I definitely know. So it's happening on Sunday, September the 8th. Um, it starts at 12 midday and goes on until 6 p.m. Uh, it's entirely free to get in and it's going to be at London Fields Arches, um, which is just near London Fields train station, just next to London Fields Fields. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's attached to London Fields Brewery, who are our lovely sponsors. Um, the beer is not free, but you can buy it and you should because it's very nice. And it helps. And it helps make the comics seem even better. Yeah. <laughs> and London Fields. And and, yeah. uh, and if you are an attendee at the carnival and you come in full carnival garb, I will personally give you 10% off at the good comics table. What, That's the, a promise. Such an amazing deal. <laughs> <laughs> is this one of those things where you've made a blazing statement again and we're going to be... I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure that, no, that, that was I, an executive decision. We did not discuss that. <laughs> I feel like the the Venn diagram of carnival goers and comics 
people isn't don't uh, make quite separate. sweeping statements. I'm just <laughs> essentially I've said something that I'm hoping won't happen. <laughs> I mean, I've not quite worked out my full outfit for the day yet, but it could potentially include some kind of headdress. Uh, I'm thinking about a new hat. Right. I did say full carnival garb. Like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. So that's the definition that can be stretched. So no socks, socks and trainers with your with your floral. I don't. Need, what what do people wear? Feathers, pants, and a feathers. Lot of, yeah, pants and yeah, lots of feathers and feathers, pants, and sequins. That's basically it. I mean, that was pretty much our 2018 thought bubble go-to outfit <laughs> for the three of us. So maybe we'll look a bit underdressed. Yeah, true. Yeah, Paddy, you better leave your feathers at home this time. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, we are heading towards an hour, so I think we'll wrap it up there. We've, um, this has been really, really great, Joe, and we are really, really excited about coming to Hackney Comics Theme Fair for the first time. <laughs> Sam will um, be awake between now you. and then. I am not going to That's a strong coffee store. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, thanks so much for having me uh, having me here. Oh, and yeah, also thank you for coming along to, to, the, to the Hackney. It's going to be lots of fun. Yeah. I'm very excited. Thank you very much, Thank you oh, so much. No thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Good. Comics Podcast